People first have the vision of wanting to help, and then they kind of figure it out along the way. Sometimes you are blessed that you can just write a big check out of the gate, and other times it's like, I want to help, don't know how yet, and then the time comes where you can. Welcome to the Investing with Purpose podcast, where we discuss investing for generational wealth creation and how that intersects with the purpose of your life. We're going to give actionable steps to investing from our experience buying hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate and also hearing from other amazing entrepreneurs that use the fruits of their business to give back and make an impact. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the Investing with Purpose podcast. My name is Steve Libin. I'm here with Jaybo, Justin Bozak. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? How you been? So first of all, we're in Justin's offices in Spring Lake, New Jersey. The whole team flew in. Justin was gracious enough to give us his conference room so that we could do our quarterly meeting, right? So end of the year, it's December 27th. We're looking back over the last year. What have we done? What have we done right? What have we done wrong? What will we do different next year? And we don't have an office. We've been remote for 12 years. Everybody's all over the country. We invited everybody up for our Christmas party. We said, hey, let's do our quarterly when we're all together. Justin opened up his beautiful new office to us, beautiful conference room. So thank you so much for having us. The team came in from Dallas, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina. We got two people here in Jersey, one from DC. And uh, yeah, we've already spent about three and a half hours in your conference room, about halfway done with our meeting. We should be ready for our Christmas party by six. Nice. So yeah, I'm just happy uh, somebody chose Jersey to come back <laughs> during the winter. I mean, that's my wife's fault. She's got 44 family members here and her mom. So that's how we ended up picking it. But it's uh, cold here. It's a little I frigid. I don't I miss it. It was like 15 degrees the other other day. It was like eight yeah. in the middle of the night. Crazy. All right. So, yeah. So thanks for having us. Office is beautiful. You guys did such a good job with it. So, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about what you guys have been up to. The expansion, obviously, second location, some of the other things you're doing. So just give the folks a quick brief background as to what Remax Revolution is intending to be and will continue to be. Sure. So uh, my name is Justin Bozak, partner and uh, owner of Remax Revolution. As Steve said, our second office, which we're at right now. I guess the the short story is uh, we had trouble kind of doing what we wanted to do in real estate under other people's brokerages. We had to kind of go our own way. Previously to owning the brokerage, we had a team. The team was at that time about 12 agents. The office started with about 15 to 20 agents. And uh, today, just four years later, we have 160 agents in house. And it was based on our core values and what we thought was necessary for agents to succeed. It was adding staff, innovating with some different things to take things off the agent's plate so mm. that would make them more money, put them in more conversations with clients and just to do more deals and focus on volume, you know, versus dealing with the day-to-day stuff, the marketing, the advertising, the putting the signs up, the dealing with the open houses, things like that. It's been successful. That's amazing. Yeah. So four years. Well, so first I want to touch on something that always stands out to me. So you had another business that you were a part of, and then you guys had to quote, go your own way, which means you're unemployable like me. So most entrepreneurs eventually say, I can't work for somebody else because I think I can do it better, which is fine, right? Like, that's okay. That's how we innovate. And then grow into 160 agents. That's incredible. That's a huge level of growth. And the market certainly it has been good the last couple of years. It's starting to cool off a little bit, right? A little bit. But we're not worried about it. Because Interest our, rates. our agents have been focused on, again, volume. 
and uh, doing what they do best. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the market's going to do what the market's going to do. Our job as brokers are to supply you with the tools to make you be the best agent that you can possibly be and then also build on your business each and every year. So we do goal settings as well. We just had two agents in the office today to work on their goal settings for the year and doing the same thing like you're doing. Looking back, seeing where their strengths are, finding out where the weaknesses lie, and then coming up with a custom plan for them so they can succeed and you know focus on what they're maybe missing. You know, so the one of the agents that was in today, she was doing some flipping and stuff like that. That took her eye off the ball as far as regular clients. Yep. So she stopped doing the flipping because that kind of dried up. Now we got to get her back going, and it's really kind of back to the basics is what we're looking at real estate right now. Whether it's calling, oh, I haven't called in a couple of years because I was so busy. Okay, now we got to get back to doing that. You got to restart, you know, because if you're just laying around sitting, waiting for people to call you, it's probably not going to happen at the scale that you need it to, to grow your business for the next year. Yeah. Sales is blocking and tackling, right? Like mm-hmm. You have to get back to the basics. You have to do the things that always work. Cold calling, mailers, all that stuff. Yeah. I love that. One of my favorite quotes is John Maxwell. He says, experience isn't the greatest teacher. Evaluated experience is. If we don't take the time to look back at what's working, what's not working, you're never going to move forward into a way that says, oh, this is how we get better because this is what wasn't necessarily working the right way. So cool, man. Well, I'm super excited about all your success. We always try to keep these relatively short so people driving to work will actually listen to it. So let's get to the heart of the podcast, which is the investing with purpose piece. What are you guys doing? Tell us a little bit about how your success in your business is now translating into how to be an impact for other people, for nonprofits, for the community. What are you guys doing from the business side and how's that translating into kind of that purpose-driven life side of it? Yeah, so me personally, there was a uh, something that called to me. Feel the Dreams, obviously, you very big part of, which is great. And we thank you for jumping in and, and helping us out because that's still a awesome project a, a battle that we're facing and getting that thing paid off. You know, that was something that kind of, uh, it was in my wheelhouse. You know, my son, who's nine now, has autism. The time where that idea was a concept, he was three years old. Uh, we were seeing that things were going to be a bit more difficult for him going to like local parks and stuff. He just didn't know his limitations. He would want to like just jump off of the top of the playground, which is not safe. So when I heard about the idea, I said, I got to figure out how to help this guy. At that point, six years ago, I didn't own a brokerage, but I said, come talk to my broker. Let's figure something out. I didn't have the money to sponsor or to help, but I knew as a, as a group, maybe we could do something big to help. And we did, you know, six years later, I'm now going from the vice chair position to the chair position. And we took on a sponsorship and I was able to kind of talk to my friends like you. Yeah. You were at that golf outing, you know, six years ago. And at that point, I don't, you didn't have the ability to do something, but you heard this story. It moved you. And just like I tell Christian Kane, just to remind him, Steve was the guy that was literally in tears at the bar and said, I'm going to do something to help you. Yeah. And he kind of just shrugged it off at whatever, you know, right. just some guy talking <laughs> Sure. and it happens. We willed this thing when we're a big part of it. And it's great to be able to do this with friends as well. Yeah. It was one of our first impact investments that we ever made. And we wanted to make the pledge and the commitment well before we had the money. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I love. And this story recurs on this podcast because people first have the vision of wanting to help. And then they kind of figure it out along the way. Sometimes you are blessed that you can just write a big check out of the gate. And other times it's like, no, I want to help, 
don't know how yet. And then the time comes where you can. Mm-hmm. So Field of Dreams, one of our first two, might have been the first one, but definitely one of our first two commitments that we made through the Donor Advised Fund of saying, yeah, we want to be a part of this project. And it's up and running. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you go over and check it out. Just quick background. What is the Field of Dreams? Field of Dreams is a special needs playground. Uh, it is also a special needs basketball court. It's a bocce ball court. It is a baseball field, a sports field. Tur- it's all turf, rubberized. It's meant for anybody with any kind of disability at any age to come and utilize the playground. One of the most impactful things I saw is when we invited the high school kids from uh, Tom's River to come out and see and play, the joy you know, that I saw and I, I realized because again, my son's now older, so he can go to the typical parks, but it is a little bit more challenging for him. I never saw those kids at those parks. And I was like, oh my gosh, mm. this isn't just for kids. This is for older, you know, and now we have seniors that are coming in with wheelchairs or with walkers utilizing the space because it's friendly for wheelchairs. We have a wheelchair charging station. You can have a walker and come through. So it's, it's really anybody with any kind of disability can come and utilize it. It's a $6 million complex. Amazing. And it was built literally from one man's brain, Christian Kane, had a tragic car accident and had the idea of just having a baseball field because he said, I want my son to play baseball. I want to be able to build something because there's nothing around here. And then all of a sudden the community got involved and it was like, what about this? What about that? What about this need? What about that need? And this is a culmination of a community coming together and building this massive project that, Literally, I don't think a township or a county or even the state could have done what we did as a community. No. And that's what I love about purpose-driven investors and entrepreneurs is that the entrepreneurs are really the tip of the spear. We're the ones that are making things happen like this. Because if you leave it up to the government, we know how they spend money. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a $20 million park and it would have taken 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's all kinds of studies if you guys look up like bathrooms in Manhattan and how much they cost and... I think the best example of this is the government funded the railroads, the Transcontinental Railroad, and it went belly up multiple times until a private entrepreneur took it over and actually made the Transcontinental Railroad. So I think entrepreneurs have a responsibility to go and get involved in these types of things so that we can impact the world in a positive way. So what's your plan moving forward? How do you continue to look at the intersection of your business success and how you continue to make an impact in different cultural communities, all these different things that let you feel good at night. Because what I really love about what you said about the high school kids going is they probably don't have a lot of opportunity to serve other people, right? I think volunteerism is something that has probably fallen a little bit by the wayside in the last couple of decades with these kids. And then to see the joy of them going out and volunteering and serving And recognizing that the Bible is right when it says it's better to give than to receive and to give of yourself and to give of your time and talent and treasure is incredible. So that I love that these kids are getting involved on that level. And you're probably inspiring a whole new group of entrepreneurs and volunteers in the future. What do you plan to continue to do in 2023? Obviously, moving into this chair position. What's the vision for you in terms of business owner and volunteer? Yeah, so the first thing is to to pay everything that off completely. Over the next year, we've got about a million dollars. Some of the stuff was surprise. It was uh, overages and stuff because of COVID and materials and stuff, but we're going to get that knocked out. But really the future is, what is it life going to be like for specifically, I mean, and selfishly, my son, you know, when he's 20, 21, 22, these kids are going to grow up and they're going to move on to something hopefully bigger and better. 
what is there aside from a playground? You know, our job, I think, is to bring some things where they could actually participate also back into the community. So the idea that we have is create a center where those with special needs can go and find fulfillment, whether it's uh, it's working, coming together with the community and maybe working with some different volunteers on some different projects, having something after school for them to look forward to, you know, and incorporating maybe some kind of gym setting or sports and things like that into something that's also potentially a job for them. That's the next goal. You know, we have, in our opinions, you know, about five to seven years to really bring that to life. You know, so that sounds like it's probably a bigger challenge because you don't really find foundations that are putting up things like that. Mm -hmm. There's established places. Uh, You have something like ARC, which takes you, but they're integrating you into other work systems. We want to create our own work system. Very cool. Yeah, I like the big, hairy, audacious goals. Without them, what's the point? For sure. So that's awesome. So where can people go to donate? Because we got to collect this million bucks. Where's the website? Where can they click the Donate Now button? Where do they go? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, but the website is uh, www.rwjbhfieldofdreams.com. If you type in also on Google, Tom's River Field of Dreams, you should be able to find it that way as well. Yep, and we'll have the link in the show notes so you guys can just go and be generous. It's the end of the year. You have three more days, so let's write some big checks. Let's be impactful. Cool. Justin, love you, man. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. So glad that the Lord put us together, God, 10, 12 years ago now. And uh, love to see all your success. Love to be hanging out in your offices and seeing all these agents coming through and doing quarterly meetings and It's really fun to have grown together over the last couple of years and excited for the next 10 years. Absolutely, man. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Investing with Purpose podcast. Go be purposeful. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Investing with Purpose podcast. If you're finding value, can you please subscribe, leave us a review? And if you want to learn more, go to investingwithpurpose.org to learn more about our donor-advised fund and the charities that we support around the world.